right, welcome back to another episode of the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast. Really excited about this year coming up. I mean, I've got, I'm way ahead of the curve. We've got podcasts scheduled out to the middle of March, some really great guests coming on, some episodes that are already recorded that I'm very excited about. This is just going great. We've got some announcements to make here pretty soon, just waiting for some paperwork to be signed or whatever, um, new companies, uh, new relationships that we've built and, uh, really excited for this year. And, um, this episode in particular, uh, kind of stemmed over, a, a from a conversation over some beers at ATA with Alec from, uh, Bear Archery. And, uh, they're going to be at the traditional archery show in Kalamazoo, which is, uh, one of the shows that I go to you know, for the last couple of years and, um, just sat down and talked with Neil. Neil's been working at bear archery for 40 years. His dad worked with Fred bear, uh, you know, different generations, <laughs> this archery show, um, the traditional archery show is, uh, average age, probably fifties, mid fifties. And it, that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about on this podcast, because, you know, there's a lot of guys that are switching to trad. There's talk about the ethics of it. I mean, uh, all the things. I mean, if you follow along with the podcast, you saw the struggles I went through uh, trying to shoot a turkey last year with a longbow and, and had a blast. And, you know, just what it takes and, and kind of what bear archery means to uh, the traditional community. But what goes into building um, a traditional bow from a quote-unquote big box or large manufacturer rather than a custom bow. So that's one of the things we wanted to talk about in here. And then from that show, we went to the Grand Rapids Hunting Time Expo and met up with a bunch of different people there. Uh, a lot of companies, Latitude, Tuber Saddles, uh, Plot Doctor, you know, just a lot of our friends from the podcast. I must have talked to, you know, 10 previous uh podcast guests there uh what a what a fun day and met up with our latest patreon jason ross from rockford um saw him in the latitude booth and uh seen him at a bunch of the different events and really appreciate the support and so patreon is a crowdfunding for creators uh it allows us to you know use some of that money to pay for getting into these shows and kind of traveling and doing some of this stuff and for equipment hosting uh all the stuff that goes into editing a podcast all of that but with that money we also do giveaways so we do quarterly giveaways and this quarter uh, we are giving away a bow that we talk about on this podcast. Now, sometimes they provide us with things uh, so we don't have to pay for it, so we can add in other stuff. Uh, but we were buying this bow anyways, and it is the Bear Montana Longbow. I've got that ordered. It's in 40 pounds, and once you listen to this podcast, you'll hear why I bought a 40-pound longbow. And uh, one of our other patrons, Tom Taylor, he's going to set up some arrows. Um, he's really big into uh, traditional archery and was born into the traditional archery community and uh, he's doing us a big solid by building arrows specifically for this bow for for the winner and uh, he said go ahead and take him out of this drawing he said that wouldn't be real fair um, but so we're giving that away um, spartan forge so spartan forge is machine learning for the deer woods military technology for deer movement 
to try and tell you when to spend your time in the woods. And their mapping is incredible, and it's only getting better. Um, talking with Bill, there's lots of big things coming. And check that out at SpartanForge.ai. I'll say it again. You can only use the code. So we've got a code for 25% off. Uh, code bowhunter and that code can only be used online so spartanforge.ai sign up for the 14-day trial and then when it asks you to sign up for the year then you use the code there Um, but other things to come like i said we're just waiting for some of the finalization stuff to kind of make that announcement Um, but those are the kinds of things that we do uh, for patreon and coming up here you know, we're starting to get a little bit of buzz for the Total Archery Challenge. We're going to be at the Total Archery Challenge again this year uh, in Michigan, uh, Crystal Mountain. And uh, registration, all that information is out there. Michigan registration, I believe, opens March 5th. And um, so we'll, again, be doing a cookout. So if you're going to be up there, whether you're a patron or not, just stop by. But, uh, again, that's another one of the things that it allows us to do is, you know, have a big party and, and, and hang out and, talk archery and hunting and how many arrows we lost and you know how our seasons went all that sort of stuff and you can check that out patreon.com forward slash bowhunter chronicles podcast you can go on our website bowhunter chronicles podcast.com or you can just click the link on our instagram um but this podcast like i said is um one you know kind of a conversation that you would have at the bar about you know new guys getting into archery and and you know, what bear archery is meant to the traditional community and how they've changed over the years and, and what it takes to make these bows. And, uh, I really enjoyed this. Neil has a lot of great information. Um, and Alec has his perspective being, uh, you know, it's like Alec and I are the, on the younger side and Neil and uncle Frank on this one, um, kind of come at it from, from full circle, from, what they started with to to the bows of today so uh check it out thanks for listening we appreciate every single one of you enjoy the episode all right everybody we're back with another episode of the bow hunter chronicles podcast we're sitting here in kalamazoo at the traditional archery show put on by great northern bow and uh, we're sitting down with a couple guys from bear archery um, we're doing a giveaway for our patrons we're giving away one of the bear montana longbows um, there's a lot of new guys wanting to get into traditional archery and uh, so for all of you listeners we have uh, uncle frank here uh, to talk about it so uh, we got kind of a new guard and the old guard to kind of talk through uh, kind of traditional archery the everything that's going on so, Alec and Neil, um, can you do some introductions and we'll kind of uh, yeah. start off that way? So, uh, Alec Wyman, I'm the marketing manager for all of the bear brands. So, Bear Archery, Trophy Ridge, Cajun Bowfishing, and Sick Broadheads. Um, but I handle all aspects of marketing. And I'm Neil Bice. I'm with uh, Bear Archery in the Gainesville, Florida plant. I'm the director of operations and responsible for everything that goes on in Gainesville, Florida. Manufacturing, uh, shipping. And receiving all the materials. So, and so Neil, what's your history with bear archery? Because you said you've been working with the company for forty years or so. Yeah, I have pretty long history with bear archery. So, basically, my history with bear archery started before I actually started working for bear. My my father, which is Neil Bice Jr., started working for bear archery in nineteen sixty seven, 
1967, he started as a tip finisher, but then was moved into uh, working in research and development. And he worked with uh, Fred Bear, Norm Groner, and some of the guys up there on the takedown, helped develop the takedown, became a pattern maker for Bear Archery, continued to work in R&D. My dad worked for Bear for 32 years. He retired in 1999. Bear Archery moved to Gainesville, Florida in 1978. Uh, right before that, I uh, finished the first year of college, uh, went to work for Bear Archery, started pressing uh, traditional bows, started at Bear Archery pressing traditional bows. Moved to Florida, trained people how to tr press traditional bows, and then I was able to um, basically learned from Fred Bear, Bill Stewart, my dad, and a number of other guys. I uh, was uh, hired to help implement the Fred Bear signature bow with the gold sockets and the walnut case and everything. It's quite an opportunity. So, you know, that's kind of where my roots started. There's a lot more to that story. Um, I've been very fortunate to be able to work for Bear since 1978, and I've uh, worked my way up through the ranks as, uh, you know, a production worker to a production supervisor, research guy, quality guy, and now director of operations in, in, in Gainesville, Florida. So from the, those early days, from what you saw from your dad and, and, and everything, I mean, I would imagine just like any kid, and especially the fact that you're still around the industry at, at this time, I mean, you had to have just eaten that stuff up, right? So what what has changed in the process or I guess not even the changes. So what was the process like, like the earliest memories that you have from the, the early bows? So when you look at the traditional bow process, obviously um, the things that Fred bear developed, we still do those same things today. There's some minor changes, but when you, when you make a traditional bow, the process is basically the same. Uh, Fred bear designed equipment that would aid in the, uh, uh, production of the equipment, but the the presses that are being used um, in Gainesville are the same presses that were being used in the 1950s and 60s by Fred Bear. The Richardsons that did the grip areas of the bow, they're the same Richardsons. Now, the forms have to be, you know, new forms don't last, or forms don't last that long. So we have to manufacture new forms off of templates and stuff, and we have to keep up with the masters on the Richardsons. But as far as the um, sanding equipment, the pin sanders, the whole process of doing cable lineup, all of those steps were outlined by uh, Fred Bear, and we still follow those steps uh, 100%. We've added a CNC piece of equipment to cut the arrow rest shelf so that they're all exactly the same now. Uh, that's been something that we've changed in the last couple of years. But before we were using a we used to call it a 50 cal router. It was a pretty big router that you had to hang on to and hope like you could hang on to that thing. But, uh, it, uh, what we use a CNC machine to do that now, but that's the only part that we actually do a CNC on. Um, the process though, the, all the traditional bows are hand sprayed. Um, they go through a hand spray, uh, dry sand, silk screenings. We make our own silk screens from the artwork. Um, you know, uh, then we, then we hand number them uh, with pins. You know, in the 60s, they used a gold foil that transferred on there. Can't really get that gold foil like that anymore. Um, but we use a gold pin uh, or depending on the, you know, art that we're doing, uh, it you know, a wood type, we might use black or another color. But most everything we use is a gold pin. Um, so that process is essentially the same. Um it's a lot harder to get uh, manufacturing people today 
that's just a that's one of the difference between then and now um you know people get dirty when they make bows <laughs> well and that's something that alec and i had talked about at the at the ata show was that you know i, I think at least for me and I, I would i would say that i'm an average type uh consumer right we're not super trad guys where you know we are i don't know guess i guess just as mesmerized as anybody else with the whole just stick and string and it's it's kind of where it comes down to for us right so everybody wants to complain and we're uh, definitely not crossbow advocates but it, you know everybody wants to come into this like as a pissing contest of you know well you used a uh, compound bow and you used a adjustable sight and then you use no sights and then you use a, you know th- this bow well that's a takedown recurve it's not a one piece it's not a self bow i mean unless you're doing your own self bow and chewing the sinew and stretching the string there's always going to be another level <laughs> of somebody who's more hardcore uh than you but i think one of the misconceptions that i had and i think would transfer across the the board is that you know you see bear as this giant conglomerate now right so they are making the trophy ridge sites and they are making all this stuff so in my mind i think that their traditional bows would be made the same way that they just start over here ship it down the line and then it comes out as a as a finished product where it's just something that's being assembled um and i was really i don't want to say taken aback but very surprised that the process is exactly the same as a uh, uh uh, custom bow it's just on a maybe a different scale you have 10 guys making custom bows instead of one correct? right right well you look at the the bow process and to make a bow you need wood fiberglass you need you know glue what else do you need you need wood you need talent you need somebody that's skilled at doing those you need some tools to help aid that in but in all reality when you look at bear archery as a conglomerate um you know fred bear was an innovator if you look back to Fred Bear from day one, you know, he was the one that innovated putting fiberglass on bows. He uh, did, he might not have been his original idea, but he made things happen to where we can make this work and we can get bows into people's hands. We can get people interested in archery. He was also a fisherman. He liked to fish and he advocated for fishermen and uh so what i would say is you know bear archery is this large conglomerate yes we make we make compound bows and we sell some crossbows and we make and we make sights and accessories for for all that stuff we also make traditional bows traditional bows is the backbone of bear archery it's where we got our roots but we also have to remember that fred bear was an innovator in that he wanted archery to grow you know, when you look at how archery has grown and what started some of the, the you know, rush on archery, it was Fred Bear being an innovator and being able to get it out into people's hands by using methods that actually held costs down on these things so that people could afford to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so Bear Archery has continued to try to do that and tried to be the advocate for the user, for somebody that wants to try archery. The game whether they're using a compound or a crossbow or it, it matters to some people, but I think what really matters is are people pulling together for archery to keep archery as a sport in our country and just 
get more people involved, get more people involved, get young people involved, get old people involved, get women involved, get young, you know, teenagers involved, grow the sport of archery for the love of archery, not for personal well-being. And just to kind of further touch on that point, I think that it's really neat to, so we're a big um, partner with Total Archery Challenge. And so you've got a small part of the bow hunting community. I'm going to say it's a pretty small part of the bow hunting community that ha- that has that approach or that mindset of, you know, you shot a compound or you're using digital site, whatever it may be. But the really eye-opening experiences are when you get into a group, like if you go to a Total Archery Challenge shoot, you've got people shooting anything and everything there. You got traditional guys, you got compound guys, you got guys using, um, you know, uh, lenses on their sites. You've got, I mean, anything you can think of, you know, shooting different bow manufacturers, but everybody at that event is so driven by archery in itself that all that kind of just fades into the background and everybody is just there to shoot, have fun and enjoy the sport for what it is. Yeah, you take this event here, you know, this is totally focused on traditional archery, right? And to be honest with you, I have a a love for traditional archery just because where I came from, you know, when my dad (laughs) was in, we started working at Bear, there was nothing but traditional archery at that time. And so I, you know, learned on that and, and the pieces of traditional archery, are just so fun to deal with uh, the the woods the the look of the bow the feel of the product the the mystique of you know being able to get close but some people experience that with the other equipment and so wouldn't want to close them off but you know an event like this uh, where people can come together look at all the different traditional there's a lot of good bow makers out there and you know all the accessories and all the gadgets that go along with all this stuff it's still a pretty simple sport uh but everything that goes along with it people you know they want to this group of people this traditional group they're a pretty tight-knit group you know and and uh they're they're passionate about what they do and and rightly so it's a it's a good thing so we just have to embrace all of that uh and try to make sure that we don't leave people out though because the next traditional guy might have been the guy that was actually shooting a compound and never right. really understood that there was traditional out, out there. So so from from that perspective, Alex, and what, or Alec, one of the things that I wanted to, to talk about in the conversation that we had had previously is on the, the, the new guys that are getting into traditional archery. And I feel like that on some level that's like a double-edged sword, right? Because – we want to be the most proficient. We want to be so ethical. You know, we love these animals and now we're going to go out and we're going to say, okay, well, I want to do traditional archery now. And I mean, if you, uh, if you took the temperature of this room and you said, well, what do I suppose that the average age in this room is? Um, It's pretty high. And there is what we forget is that there's so much knowledge, you know, on, not only bow tuning, but like all of the woodsmanship and everything. And so we live in a world, you know, that, I mean, you uh, propagate, I guess, you know, through marketing and all this other stuff. So what are you seeing for the 
the new generation uh like so I how think, is that moving yeah so i would say that and i mean just looking at basic sales i mean the number of bows that we produce there's been a huge resurgence in the last few years um from i mean it could be a number of number of reasons but you've got older guys that started with traditional bows and moved to compounds now making the jump back and then you got guys our age that started with compounds have always just known compounds and the compound market has gotten so and i don't mean this in, in a poor way just stagnant like bows aren't getting any faster all the bows are within a few feet per second of each other it's kind of hit that wall you've got carbon bows like there's no real new 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 earth shattering technology that's been introduced and so bows have gotten so efficient um you know you go out, you shoot a couple arrows, and you've got it sighted in for compounds. And then, you know, you're 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 good. Like, once you got it sighted in, yeah, there's a few factors that could change that. But once you've got your bow sighted in, you're pretty much set. And you could set that bow down for six months and then walk back to it, pick it up, and you're back in it. With traditional and what I think and from what we hear and see from social media today, the draw for people or one of the draws i should say is that with traditional it is kind of that unknown and it's something different that is changing up their archery experience and as it's almost a snowball effect is there's got there's so many people that are now getting involved with it everybody wants to try it everybody's kind of aware of it and there's it's it's kind of added a new sense of unknown into the sport so everybody kind of wants to see you know what's it all about and um i mean it's shooting traditional bows is fun as it, simply said it, it, it's fun you can go out with a group of guys whether you're hunting shooting 3d doesn't matter shooting a traditional bow is fun and you can have 10 good shots and then you'll have 20 bad ones it's it, and it's i mean neil has been shooting he's been watching me adam neil has obviously been shooting far longer than i have but you talk about the age in this room and the knowledge that's there and the stories that i hear from neil and so many other traditional archers that have done it for years decades it's that's invaluable i mean the knowledge that's there their experiences and it's you know it there's so much knowledge out there and to be in this room and have all these people talking about it and sharing that information is i mean it's second to none i i get excited when i see a bunch of young guys walk up to the booth and you know they're 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 evaluating everything you know because we're a uh, the younger generation god bless them they're they're look at things and it's almost instant gratification on this but the group of guys that are coming through here, they're looking at stuff and they're they're going to figure it out, right? They know they know that they can have fun at this. They they want it to be a challenge. In traditional archery, it can be a challenge, oh, right? Yeah. But Absolutely. you can make it easy. But they also want the gadgets and all the stuff that goes along with it. But you know, a group of guys came by the booth, older fellas. But you know what? The grandson was there. The grandson shooting dad's old bow that he was shooting. Uh, so. 
you know, it, it just really, it really takes people with some passion, pushing it on to other people, uh, young, young people that get involved, you know, their buddies and everything. They, you can see there's enthusiasm, this, the podcast stuff. Look, the group that I was just talking about, the young group, I know, I know darn well, they're listening to those things every chance they get, you know, cause oh, they're, yeah. they feed on that stuff and it's a good thing because they relate to it. And that's what we really need to do is find ways to relate to the, um, the group of people that are just getting into it. I'm not just necessarily talking about young folks too. Right. You know, I'm talking 30 year olds, 40 year olds to, to 30 year olds, young to me. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but you, you young too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but you know, all of this kind of stuff, uh, people talking about it, getting them enthused, showing them, you know, new tricks or offering, you know, different models and, and just the, the traditional, uh, mystique of woods and colors and designs. And, oh, there's a bunch of stuff out there and you can get excited about that. And then, you can get excited about being in a tree stand or a ground blind and right. being up close and real with uh, nature too. So Frank, I'm going to move this over to you just a, a bit. Like, so he was talking about people showing up to the booth and, and obviously in today's day and age, we have, you know, social media, we have the internet. Like, so back when you were working in the bow shop and you were selling these bows before, the compounds even existed right what was it like when people came in i mean what were they looking for and how do they even know because bow hunting really wasn't a thing at that time well right? I, I think though you know even the name bear archery you know that that drew drew them people you know fred bear was such an icon back then it drew them to the, your product you know and there wasn't a lot of archery products back then you know what i mean browning made some shakespeare made some you know and bear you know it, it had those they they knew Fred Bear, you know, as that's the guy, you know. So we, they came in your store. I want to see a bear bow, you know. I want to see that grizzly. I want to see that Kodiak, you know, whatever, you know. And so it wasn't a real tough sell, you know what I mean? I really had to work my ass off. I mean, a lot of the time, but you know, <laughs> no, it was it was easy. It was uh, and it was fun, you know what I mean? Back then, you know, before like I say before the compound, this is what we had, you know, and this is what we did, and. Compounds did change everything. But I have a question to you. When we shoot on Wednesday night, mm -hmm. do we enjoy it? Oh, it's a blast. And 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 one of the things with that, so we shoot a, a Wednesday night. It's a, it's a small, small game. game round. So so it's not any sort of NFAA or anything like that. You got a, a, a couple of ducks, a rabbit, a, a coyote, and these are flat paper targets, and they're scored. Um, and it's just a blast, and everybody's shooting just their hunting bows, and um, a couple of guys shoot their target equipment. Yeah, but there, there's no like traditional guys in there. And no, we just no. have a, a blast, and we've got a group. I mean, like there was a group a couple of years ago that were like the yard sale guys. Like they went to, they had the most ragtag equipment, and <laughs> arrows were hitting everywhere. And there was we had women on their team that it's like they'd never even seen a bow. Arrows are hitting wood and the floor and the ceiling. Lights. <laughs> um, and it's just a really, really good time. And, and, and when you talked about like the energy and having fun and, and like knowing that you can have fun and the difference is, is it's so easy. John, 
who's uh, one of the other hosts on the podcast here, he's a lights out shot. And I was just having this conversation yesterday. Is you know his his average is very very close to perfect. So every single miss that he has can ruin his night. It, it takes him right out of it. And I think that. To your point, Alec, that's what makes traditional archery fun for me. Is right. I love shooting that stick bow because when I make a good shot, man, it feels so good. And when I make a bad shot, I just have to laugh at all. I mean, I missed a turkey kneel from me to you away last year. I, <laughs> I got this bow I shot every single day. I'm like, I'm going to try it on turkeys. I'm not going to care if I miss a turkey. It's not going to be a big deal. Let the record show I'm a foot and a half from it. It's on video. I got. Uh, we have the whole thing. We have most of his hunts on, on video. <laughs> and I, I mean, this Jake comes in, and he's packing at the decoy and everything, and I mean, I we were trying to head shoot him with a guillotine broadhead, and I I sent it a foot and a half over his head. I could have bare just about, you know, <laughs> stabbed him with it from from where I was sitting, and uh, it was just so much fun. And if that would have been a deer, if that would have been something else, if I would have done that with a, a, a my compound or God forbid a shotgun, you miss at that range, you know. You're going to be vilified. You know, it's be like, oh, my God. And John and I are just laughing, like, can you believe that happened? How would you miss it this close? But the fun, I mean, when you get to the point with your uh, compound bow that, you know, you have to shoot at different spots because you're shooting the knocks off them every time, when you make a bad shot, it, it changes your whole mindset. It doesn't necessarily make it so that you're like, I need to do better next time. You're like, don't mess it up. You know, you get really down on yourself, it, it, at least for me. Sh- shooting a, a, a traditional bow, like when you make a good shot, it. I mean, there's like no better feeling because you've, I feel like you feel like you've accomplished something, right? Whereas, you know, it's just not that way with some of this other equipment, you know? Well, and the thing is too, you know, like you said, you you can make a good shot and make two bad shots and make another good shot. You know what I mean? But you're cool with it. You know what I mean? It's something like you know I'm you know this is the way I'm shooting. You know I should be shooting better, but you know. But if you're if you're using your compound and your all your equipment, man, it's it's not good. You know I mean I'm I'm pissed. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect example is one of the guys that was just here or the guys that listens to the podcast. Tom, he come over to Muskegon. We have a. Um, 25 shot 30 30 shot range of uh outdoor 3d and it just happened to be up so we were shooting that but there's also a 25 shot field course and so they're mingled in between and we got to the end and there's the field course thing there and this caribou's like you know it's just flat bales it was a picture of a caribou it's 56 yards away or something Tom just pulls up his longbow. All right, I'm going to do the same thing. I shoot it, and I, I mean, I ten-ring this caribou with this longbow, you know, <laughs> and they're looking at me like, do you always shoot like that? I'm like, I don't know. I'll send another. That one hits like nine feet off, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, but, but for that one moment in time, man, I was the hero, yeah. you know, just, just <laughs> for doing it, you know, and, and it's just so much fun. But I think that that is where it becomes I think like an ethical question, right? Because it's a blast and you love shooting it. But uh, Neil, can you tell us what it takes to like actually be in the mindset to hunt with one of these things and be able to be sure that you're going to make that shot every time? 
Well, I think I think the the last thing you said, be sure. Um, that's going to be questionable in everything because depending on how uh, close you are with nature, if you've been able to overcome your adrenaline rush or your heart palpitations, however you want to call it, can you control that uh, energy? Can you keep that energy contained until after you make the shot? The biggest thing, though, what does it take? Um, it takes the same thing you do when you're shooting a compound. Uh, when I say that, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, if you think about when you execute a shot with a recurve bow or a traditional long bow, if you think about the steps that you make and how you set up, how you draw, how you shoot, if you can make all those happen the same way every time or very close to the same way every time, your grip, your feel, your, the, the length that you draw the arrow and control all of that stuff, your aim point, those kind of things, you're going to be a lot more accurate. What what people have when they shoot a compound is they have these automatic ticks that you have to do to be able to see through a peep sight, to put the pin on the thing. Those are, are tools that are making you do the same thing over and over and over. So if you're shooting a traditional bow and you have those habits where you develop good quality arrows, it's not necessarily how many arrows you shoot, but how many good quality arrows can you shoot? How The repetition in, in the execution of your shot. That's how you get good. And that's, that's, that goes to speak with almost everything you do in life. Yeah. You know, if you practice math, some people are a lot smarter at math than others. Some people at archery are a lot better than other people. They're just naturals. It's like football players. Some guys are just big and fast, right? In archery, it's a skill. Develop that skill. Take your time. Be patient. You know, most of all, have fun. Because when you enjoy something, you're going to be a lot better at it. You know, when you have confidence, you know, you can be very confident and you're going to shoot this turkey and it's only a yard and a half. Something <laughs> didn't go right. But in your mind, you never you never thought about that going to be a miss. Right. Mm -hmm. So but at the end of the day, when you when you missed life isn't over, you get another chance. So you just have to. OK, what was it that I did that I can do better the next time? And really carrying that burden, I feel bad when I miss something that I really would have, you know, if I, if I, I've not really ever killed a really big buck with my traditional bow. I've killed stuff. But when I look at some of the deer that I've missed <laughs> with my bow, yeah. I, I feel bad about it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to get another shot. You know, I'm, it might not be a 190, but I'm going to have fun, whatever I'm going to be doing at it. So just enjoying yourself in the woods and, and being able to have the opportunity to do that uh, is is part of what I think people like in archery. Yeah, everybody wants to be successful, right? Uh, success isn't necessarily measured in how much game you take. It's also how much passion and fun you have while you're doing it. Sure. Yeah, the experience itself. I think itself. Like the, uh, it's easier for, for the kids to get into traditional archery today, you know, to bring your kids into that because it's 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 fun you know and it isn't so technical if uh, the, i think the question i'm going to ask is is say say your kids have a traditional bow or, or a compound and they practice with you if you had a crossbow and your kid shoots a crossbow how much does he practice with that you know what i mean mm -hmm. i'm i'm thinking very little you know, because everything, it's like a gun. These, you know, you need to put the tools there, you know what I mean, for them to, you know, they, 
They have the bow. They have the arrows, you know. There's a target. You show them, you know, the, the fundamentals, you know. And that's where the fun, I think, part comes. They don't have to be so critical, you know. They can they can learn it, and then they can go, you know, progress whatever way they want, you know. Well, I was just having this conversation over there uh, with somebody from the Michigan Bow Hunting Association, right? So, exactly what you said. Nobody, these kids aren't saying, hey, can I go shoot my crossbow? But I remember when I was a kid, you know, grabbing a box and going out in the middle of the backyard and then taking these three fiberglass arrows in this bow and shooting and just shooting at that box for hours. You and know? he used to hit the box every time, <laughs> yeah. not the turkey. But, so, uh, you you have to understand, my, my dad, he thinks that I just, all I do is bash him on this podcast. He, he thinks that all I ever do is just say, you know, we never d- grew up hunting, and then when I met my wife and my father-in-law, that's when that's when we really started bow hunting, like seriously. But so so from from that uh, story, when I went out in the backyard and I just would shoot at a box. So what did I do when I was oh I don't know twenty five years old or so? I got myself for Christmas a Martin Jaguar takedown, and what did I do with it in the suburbs? I went in the backyard and I got a box. And I filled it up with all these sheets of cardboard. I pull it back. I shoot through that box, shoot through the fence into the neighbor's yard. And I was like, oh, this is a, this is a little different. You know, 50-pound takedown recurve. Not th- you know, I never do that with my compound bow, but I'm just thinking about, like, you know, when I was growing up, these things weren't that fast. It's not as, everybody says these recurves are, are, you know, so slow compared to our our, our modern bows, you know. So when, but I... I, I feel super comfortable telling my daughter, go out there and just, if you want to shoot your bow, go go shoot it. I, I don't have to work, you know, a crossbow, rip her thumb off, or how is she going to oh, cock yeah, it, or, yeah. you know, dry fire, and it's going to explode. Right. Uh, all of these things are, are, are things that, you know, introducing to kids with having fun, making it fun, and not making it all that technical or be scary. I don't know who manufactured those bows back when I was a kid. But it, it bear might have. I don't know. It was a orange and white fiberglass, two sided. You could shoot left or right hand. They made an orange and white and a green and white. I think I got a green one, don't I? Hanging Hang up, up at home. Yeah. Some of the fox bows at Bear made. But I'm yeah. telling you what, <laughs> man. Everybody in the neighborhood had one. You know, when we went down to the creek, you know, we were shooting. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get a frog, sometimes you wouldn't. You know, or whatever. You know, but we we shot. We had a ball. You know. I think one of the things you said a few minutes ago when you said uh, the 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 parent was out with the kid in the yard, you know, letting them shoot and doing that stuff. I think one of the most important things that they get out of it in the memory of it and why they enjoy it so much is the family time. We yeah. forget about that. Yeah. You know, so. And I think that's still a real thing. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan, for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. 
That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. As people get older, as you get to be 30 or 35 and they're still doing some of that stuff with their dad or, or their family in some way or another, I think there's a bond in all that stuff because you will see a lot of family. But then then the grandfather or the seeing, you know, the next generation come through that, that relativity of, oh, you yeah. know, family time. It's it's important for the kids to experience good times with their grandparents as well as their parents. And I think that's all relative and and how much, you know, it is a family fun sport. And I, and I know the industry pushes hard to get children or the young younger generation involved but hunting is is different from just shooting you know mm-hmm. what i mean there's a you're gonna eventually you'll probably hunt you know but you're gonna shoot first you know you're gonna enjoy that part of it you know right. and maybe you never will hunt i don't know you know but yeah, i think they 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 push too hard on you know oh man we gotta have more hunters we gotta have more hunters you know no we have to have more kids shooting or, you more know, archers, everybody yeah. shooting. Just you know? get people involved right, in archery. Get involved. Yeah. Let it happen naturally what they want to yep. do with that. That's for sure. Well, and to your point, Neil, like, so I have a six-year-old daughter. And everybody, you know, when my wife was pregnant, they were like, you know, you want to have a boy, you know. Oh, are you disappointed that you had a girl? And, and uh, I had to, like, figure it out for myself. Like, am I trying to push this stuff on her that she has to hunt or she has to do this but she just wants to do what i'm doing so if i'm if i bring her along because we're shooting bows at the bowman's club then you know she brings her nerf bow and she shoots and that's what happens you know if we're skinning deer or cleaning fish she's out there she has her job of this is what i do and this is how it works and it's not like hey you have to come out and do this and I'm not trying to be like, you need to be a tomboy. She's a Clean, ballerina. Cleaning <laughs> fish. Cleaning <laughs> fish. We're out there. I'm cleaning perch, you know, and she comes out, Grandpa, can I help? Sure. I said, what do you want to do? Well, I'll take the guts and put them in there, she goes. And I said, okay. <laughs> That's her job. That's what she told her mom. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I took care of the guts, Mom. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's just being around it, you know. Yeah. That's, this is right. the way that we live our lives and to say that you have to do this is like no come on well, I got, and, I got, I mean, and i think kind of to that point and based on all the conversation that's happened on this podcast it it comes down to there's a weight on us as archers to make those opportunities available to people right. who are not currently shooting so like my family's big on like Every year for deer camp, trying to get one or two people from our friend group, from our family group that haven't been out in the woods, trying to get them that opportunity to join us out in the woods and experience it. Let them figure it out if it's something that they like. Like, if they're not big on the hunting aspect of it, they can still get a bow, get a gun, and go to the range and have fun. Just it, if you don't have to hunt, which is the biggest thing, and which is why I think we're seeing like such a a surge in like these total archery challenge and uh, R100 shoots because people are just enjoying that aspect of getting out and shooting with friends and family and having that camaraderie and that time in the woods together. And in such a weird, like 
time that we live in where it's, you know, you, you're not supposed to call people by this name or this, or, you know, uh, you know, there's so much anti hunting and there's so much political stuff. And there's so many things that you could find yourself kind of dragged down by, you know, you show up at a, uh, event like this or like at the total archery challenge i mean you're just surrounded by people who are like super into all the same things that you are you know yep. so you're like oh you got that new site like oh what arrows are you shooting how do you like those you know like oh you're shooting a trad bow like how does that work at that 126 yard elk <laughs> you know like uh, but you can have those conversations without it being without any sort of divisiveness you know yeah and if you bring kids and on that kids course you know you're showing them that environment that that the world isn't this terrible place and that there is a place where people can go and they can just all have a great time together yeah. you know oh i'm helping people find their arrows it's not like man could we just get done already it's like right. you're out there trying to help other people find their 30 dollar arrow that they just shot into the trees or the mountain most of them are in the trees <laughs> stuck in the trees <laughs> uh, i mean we don't we don't go to the total archery challenge just for the for the booze and the food? <laughs> <laughs> well, some Sounds of us like you have shoot. some experience with tree arrows. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not so much me, but uh, oh. a, a, a lot. I've, I've banged some off some trees, though. Yeah. You make sure you got to have a lot of a lot of bullets with you. <laughs> <laughs> Those bins at the end of the shoot are just overflowing with broken huh. and lost arrows. And now they're changing it this year, so they're growing to crystal. So, yep. you know going to have a whole new i mean you're not even going to know what the courses are or what what oh. you know that, that's going to be the i was telling people about that like that ski up there so next year when you they go skiing for the next ski season look up at down some of the runs because you're going to see so many arrows stuck in trees and it's going to be like what what happened there uh, one of the things when you were talking about like uh, shooting deer or sh shooting at animals and stuff, and you said when you draw back that long bore, that recurve. So for guys that are just starting to get into traditional archery, or for for people who don't really have a good uh, handle on what it is that they want, but they know, oh, that sounds like fun. These guys are laughing, cutting up. Like maybe I want to try that. Like, what's the difference in like shooting experience between a recurve bow and a long bow? So, I mean, the experience for me is that a longbow itself, um, it's longer, but also you have a little bit smaller picture on, a, on it. And, and uh, really, the grip is generally smaller. And, you know, uh, as far as speed and everything, you know, as long as you have a good release and, you know, you figure out what the bow is doing in your hand, uh, you can control that shot. Recurves typically are a little more forgiving uh because you know on a longbow you got a small shelf and your arm is a rudder so if you're moving just a little bit that shot's gonna you know it it's gonna go where your arm goes or if you pluck a string or but uh recurve sometimes they're a little more forgiving uh in that you know when you release the arrow that that arrow shelf is a little bit bigger and it, that rudder isn't quite so dynamic when it comes to that. So, you know, a longbow is pretty easy to shoot as long as you execute the same shot every time. I say that when somebody's starting out, they don't really know what their habits are. So if, if, if somebody's starting out and you can give somebody some good pointers, you know, like 
Practice these five things. Don't give them 30 things to try to remember. Practice these five things. What are those five things? Well, it's one, don't grip your bow like it's, you know, the hardest thing to hold on to. Make it feel part of, you know, just caress it, so to speak. Don't, don't squeeze it. Make sure that when you're drawn that you're not extending, overextending your body because you want to draw to the same place every time. You know, just make those five points and say, practice these. Take and go up to a target and close your eyes and try to make sure that you're, when you close your eyes and you draw, that you feel that you're not squeezing the grip and then just let the arrow go into the target from just a few yards away and just, you know, practice just good drawing and, you know, good form uh, and let somebody, you know, kick your leg out to the right or the left or whatever it is because everybody's body is different. So the stance might need to be a little different or what they feel comfortable with. And sometimes when you're starting to do a new sport, it doesn't necessarily feel comfortable because you don't know what really, well, I don't, I don't like to stand that way. You know, a lot of people like to shoot closed or like to shoot open or whatever. So gradually that'll become a natural thing. But if we give them, if we just help give them like five points to help start them out and not try to focus on all the other stuff, just focus on those five. How important is anchor point then? I think, um, from a standpoint of anchor point, it depends on a person if they're a snap shooter or if they're an anchor shooter. Well, that's what I, so, that's what I was wondering. You, so you a know. lot of people, you know, Fred Bear was pretty much a snap shooter, but oh, yeah. you know what? He shot FAA yeah. and he'd hold and shoot. Yeah. So, you know, when he was hunting, it was, I got to get that arrow there now. Right. But his, you know, he was a pretty good shot. Um, but at the same time, anchor point, even if you're snap shooting, you got to have the same place that you're drawn to every okay. time. Same. I think it's pretty much, yeah, if you're, whatever that is, like your arm, like for me, when I'm shooting a traditional bow, I'm never shooting it. It's not straight armed ever. Yeah. Okay. And, and I used to shoot a compound a lot and, uh, you know, used to be pretty good at it and I just don't shoot that much anymore. Um, but you know, that arm position being the same, I, I can tell you what my arm position needs to be just by doing it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't miss what I'm shooting at. Right. It's because I had a, you know, something going on in my head when I released, but the release point, the aim point, you know, those five basic essential things can really get an archer started on the right track to where they don't really struggle uh, out of the gate. And I, it doesn't really matter what type of bow you're shooting i think those principles are constant across the board so with a with a say a traditional bow how long you know would you hold it you know at full draw before you're shot Tradi- you know i mean like you you yourself so most of the time i'm probably shooting within a couple seconds because i am not really just what i say a snap shooter so i would draw and and in my mind i get my picture you know What's my, what's my picture? You know, what's my aim point, my picture? It's a pretty quick deal, you know? So maybe two to three seconds, maybe, most. How long do you hold? For, with what, Bo? It's, what? About, it's about the same on either. <laughs> well, and I think oh, that uh, <laughs> he calls me his quick stromograph. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to that point, uh, when somebody's transitioning from a compound or has never shot a recurve or longbow before, I think that's the first thing that they recognize is 
they're used to being able to hold because of let off right with their Absolutely. compound and then they pick this up and they're shaking all over the place and they're just it's not the same so i think the mindset has to change and you know it's you're getting there but you all you really you, have is a few seconds to you have to use the same you know principles or habits you know but when that thing stacks the first time you pull it back, you're going, what the hell's going on here? You know? Well, and, and, and that leads into the question I was going to ask you is for guys starting out, like, you know, we all shoot 60, 70 pound draw weight. So you think like, I'll get a 50 pound recurve. It's, you know, I can do that. Um, what are your recommendations or, or maybe cautions with that as, as, as well, people start to Well, I think physique in? is always a, a factor of what's, what's, what can somebody handle? Yeah. And really, uh, they should, they, you know, if they're just getting into it, they should go and draw a bow and actually hold it for a few seconds, you know, and then let it down and then draw it again and hold it for a few seconds. And what do they feel comfortable with? And, and somebody actually, you know, look at them and say, uh, you're only drawing like 24 inches. You're not really drawing it all the way. That might be too much weight for them. Right. But they don't know it because yeah. they're, but because in a compound, you know, you're drawn now. Most everything has stops and you hit the valley and you're, you know, locked in and all that. But in a traditional bow, you know, you can, you know, killing snakes, you don't always draw a full draw and try to kill a snake. Right. You draw it about maybe two thirds of the way and kill a snake with it. But when a guy's starting out, that's kind of what I was uh, experiencing when I've watched po folks start out is they don't always draw it. They get about three, four inches from their face and they're, they're letting go. Right. It's, some of it could be that they're just drawing too much weight to begin with. Right. So, you know, get comfortable. So most people that uh, start out can shoot 45 pounds, and it might be a little bit much for them, but really that's you get into some muscle memory after they do that a little bit, and then 45 pounds isn't that much. There's a lot of strong guys out there that, uh, you know, practice weights all the time. They can easily, they can easily on a traditional bow handle 50, 55 pounds. Um, you know, a lot of people still like 60 pounds, but we all know that, you know, you don't need that to, um, be successful in the hunting realm. But if you're target shooting, really, it's more about form and accuracy. You know, those five basic essentials, <laughs> you don't need to make it difficult. So sure. And then just kind of a kind of come full circle and kind of close this thing out here. Um, so we're giving away one i like shooting the longbow we're giving away one of your montana longbows so i thought that that would be a good one for somebody to start out on and if they don't win it or whatever there it's not very expensive to get yourself into uh in the in the world of of traditional archery so what can you tell us about that specific bow the the montana longbow uh bear archery started making it, it in 1997 actually it was designed by my dad and uh we've sold thousands of these bows it's a 64 inch bow we make it offer it in a number of different weights from 30 pounds up to 60 pounds um and right and left-handed and uh it's it's a uh, it's the limb cores are maple and the fiberglass is backed on the face in the back and the riser is impregnated uh, uh maple in a black color gray black color and we put a, a leather grip on it and we have a leather uh, shooting rest uh, that comes on the bow also and it's uh, got uh, fiberglass reinforced tips and so it has so also comes with the dyna flight string which is a fast flight type of dyneema material uh, so it's pretty efficient uh, longbow 
Um, I would say, you know, from that standpoint, the bow itself, uh, pretty efficient. And, uh, you know, over the years, because we've made it a long time, over the years, we've done a few things. We've thinned the limbs down just a little bit. So it's a, you know, it's a little bit faster than it was when it first came out in the, in 97. But essentially, it's the same bow and it's a very durable bow. It'll, you know, if you take, you know, good care of it, it'll last you basically a lifetime. So. And then one of the questions that we always ask as we're uh, closing out is like, what is your bow setup? What's your, your hunting setup? And we'll get it from both of you. It doesn't have to be traditional. You know, obviously it's just whatever. Well, you want shooting. me to lie or tell you the truth? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you mean uh traditional bow, whatever. So, you're so I, I shoot all of it. The right. So I work at bear archery <laughs> and, you know, I need to know, understand what's going on. I, I gotta be responsible to all of our clients. And, uh, you know, so I have to understand everything about the traditional bow and the compound. I do have, obviously, passion for the traditional bow. And I, I definitely, you know, we introduced like the Kodiak Hunter again this year. And we haven't made it since the 70s. Um, and so that was a nice project for me. But if I said, what am I hunting with? The last time uh, I hunted, I didn't hunt this last year. Too busy at the factory. But I hunted with a takedown. I love the takedown because it's easy to transport to and from wherever you're going. It's easy to set up. It's easy to tune. Um, I shoot 50 pounds uh, on my hunting setup. I, I use, uh, you know, whiskers on the string. Uh, actually, they're, I say whiskers. It's more of a wool type of puff on the string. It's a pretty quiet bow. I draw 27 and three-quarter inches in, in most situations. Um, uh, and I'm using, I like to shoot aluminum arrows. I'm shooting 2216s. Yeah, oh, that's a pretty... Yeah, it really thumps them too. So it's, yeah. it is so easy and nice to shoot. I, it's a super aimer. You know, I shoot 145 grain head. Uh, actually been using the old bear razor heads, you know, so, oh, yeah. so it's easy for me to tune and, uh, feathers. I'm using, uh, five inch shields yeah. on the feathers. So, you know, like, uh, uh, everything it's they're they're easy to tune. Yeah. You know, um, got to make it easy and and fun so i don't want to make it hard you know uh i do shoot a a, a a 59 kodiak i love that bow i have my bow uh that i have you know we started making that in in the end of 2011 for our 2012 launch when we reintroduced the 59 mine is made the one that i shoot is made in that same era and basically it's been strung almost the whole time other than when i took it to and from places and it's only like a pound different from what it was when it was really? made and uh so it's probably got 20 plus thousand arrows out of it over wow. the years you know it's 2020 20, it's 10 years old yeah. and it's basically been strung the whole time and it's straight as an arrow it's a beautiful bow easy to shoot i love shooting off the feather rest so those two bows it's kind of a toss-up for me as far as the the compound stuff shoot carbon arrows shoot a uh uh a whisker biscuit arrow rest for, for hunting purposes, uh, a single, uh, five spot quiver that can detach from the bow, hang on your stand. If you're stand hunting, um, I don't, uh, I use a release, obviously D loop peep tied in, uh, uh, not a quarter inch, three sixteenths. So, um, a little bit smaller than a quarter. Sometimes it feels like I can stick my head through that hole. So I think that's plenty big enough. Yeah. Um, 
and uh you know the stabilizer just a you know a, a six six inch stabilizer on it and i shoot 70 pounds uh on my compound uh it's pretty fast bow it's, it shoots like 330 you know in which my, bow is it uh, uh actually was shooting the redemption this last year so um so usually I switch out if I'm hunting, if I have an opportunity to hunt with a compound somewhere, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to probably switch out to the, the flagship of whatever we have in the, in the, so that's part of, you know, my benefits of bear right. archery. Uh, most people don't have that, but as far as that goes, you know, it's a, it's a hybrid, uh, binary type, uh, uh, one cam. And so it's a pretty efficient, pretty efficient bow. It's hard to miss with that. The only way that you miss is by making mental errors, oh, yeah. you know, with that kind of stuff. So, and there's plenty of them to make, especially if Mr. Big walks out in front of you. Can you control your emotions, you know? So, because you can shoot a dot all day. Now put Mr. Big out in front of you, right? So, oh, yeah. opportunities. You see Nebraska in your head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are you know uh, i that was probably a lengthy call on that but i do shoot both because i you know because of who i am and what i do for a living sure. i'm blessed to be able to have been working for bear for 40 years yeah that's great and alec so i'm kind of like neil given my role um i need to be familiar with all the product to be able to address questions and be able to fully understand it and present it to people um, that aren't familiar with it. So I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, this past fall, I was shooting the 22 uh, flagship, which is the Refine. Um, and I've got a similar setup for accessories. So I'm using our Hexlite, Trophy Ridges Hexlite quiver, uh, which has the lights built into the hood. Um, I also shoot a biscuit just because for the hunting I do, it's what I've always known. and I've never had an issue with it. And I haven't had a reason to change. So um, I do use a uh, our Hitman combo kit. So I've got an 8 out front and a 10 off the side for stabilizers. And then uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Using carbon arrows. What's yeah. The, yeah. What's the site? Uh, so I use React Pro, which is just our – so React technology is uh, owned by Trophy Ridge. And it's basically the most efficient site technology that's on the market. But – you sight in the first two pins and all your other pins are set um, through mathematical calculation. The site does it all for you. Totally awesome site. But it's um, it's one of the cool. I mean, one of the coolest sites that I've ever shot. And I've in the entire time that I've been with Bear, that's what I've been using on every single one of my compounds. But it's just basic five pin. Um, and then for the traditional side, so I'm going back to our conversation earlier, I'm not at a point where I'm confident to go out into the field and try and harvest an animal. So right now the shooting that I do is 3d and out in the backyard, just having fun working on those things to, to make myself more successful and put myself at that confidence level where I can eventually go after whitetail or Turkey, whatever it may be. But, um, I've shot everything, but, uh, the bow that I shoot the best is either the super Kodiak, um, or the takedown. Okay. Um, real quick, just because I don't, uh, I think it's a pretty cool idea, and you guys didn't mention what uh, what broadheads you're shooting, but you can you talk about the new uh, broadheads that you've got coming out this year? Yeah. Uh, so Bear? we're super excited about it. It's been people have been begging us to bring a broad a broadhead back to the market for a long time. 
Um, so the new Razorhead VWS or variable weight system, uh, we just launched it at ATA. Uh, the broadheads themselves are available on both a single bevel and a double bevel. Um, and the way that the system works is um, the broadhead can be basically configured in a number of ways. So when you get the broadhead, the broadhead by itself is 150 grains. Um, it does allow um, the archer, if they're shooting cedars, um, to be glued onto the shaft. But where it really gets interesting and cool is for carbon or aluminum arrows, the variable weight system, the broadheads come with three different inserts. Um, one's made out of magnesium, one's made out of aluminum, and then one is made out of stainless steel. So the broadhead, the 150 grain broadhead with the magnesium insert screwed in takes it to 175 grains. The broadhead with the aluminum insert screwed in takes it to 200 grains. And then the broadhead with the stainless insert takes it to 250 grains. So people that are shooting these broadheads can really configure them however they want. So it really allows just the highest level of tuning um, when it comes to broadhead setup. And then the way that they come packaged is uh, you'll get three broadheads, either single bevel or double bevel, uh, three field points. And the field points are set up with the same interchangeable um, insert, just like the broadhead. So your field points can match the broadheads that you end up shooting. Um, and then you'll get nine of the inserts themselves. So three aluminum, three magnesium, and three uh, stainless steel. So it's really, it really sets you up to however you want to have your arrow set up or your broadhead set up, you get, you get it all done in one package. So it's, uh, they'll start shipping, uh, late this spring, but we, the response thus far in the last couple of weeks has just been overwhelming. Right. The construction of the materials of the head itself is uh 440 stainless and we're shooting for a 50 Rockwell on hardness. So it's going to be a very durable head. Um, yeah, very, very neat, very neat system. Awesome. Yeah, I just thought, because yeah. it is interesting, and we hadn't talked about it before um, on the podcast, and uh, I just thought it would be, it's it's a cool, cool setup um, for what it is. Yeah, you know? it, I mean, it's it's hard, without somebody looking at it in person, it's hard for a lot of people to kind of, like, understand how the system works, but everybody that's come by the booth here has just been yeah, it looked really neat. blown away. You by, said they were probably going to be relatively easy to sharpen, too. Yes. You know, yep. so... Yeah, when you look at, uh, you know, taking your arrows and you have these inserts in it and you take your field point and you put, let's say, the, the you know, the the mag insert on it and you're like, oh, that's that's not where I need it to be. I need a little more FOC on this thing. And you drop your uh, steel, stainless steel insert in there and all of a sudden your arrows are flying perfect. Then, you know, you, you, you have three practice points that you can practice with right. that. And then all you have to do is unscrew your practice point off and screw your broadhead on and you're basically at the same level yeah and, and so without having this conversation or like you say seeing it in person you're just like oh bear came out with a single bevel broadhead but it's it's quite a bit more than that and it's super slick yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a system to help you tune your arrows in your broadheads mm-hmm. Well, thanks, guys. I think that's kind of all we've got for today. I mean, yeah, I, no, I feel I feel like you had a little bit of trepidation coming into this, but <laughs> went pretty well. Yeah. Um, no, it's so, fun. Fun. So, if people have questions or, or anything, you know, how do they 
reach out or where so can they got, direct those? Yeah, so obviously social media is a great resource to your point earlier. Um, you know, we're on Facebook, Instagram. We've got YouTube channels for the brands where there's a wealth of information. Um, our website has really been redone to to be an education center so regardless of whether you're shooting one of our bows or not there's resources on there to just input from you know staff members um some of the personalities that we work with i mean so the website's another really great spot and then we've got an amazing customer service team so any questions at all call the customer service team and they will address them to the best of their ability and uh, put you in the right direction yeah beararchery.com all right. Pretty simple. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Cool. Thanks. Right. Thanks. Yep.